0: Hello out there, Michael Tingsay here. Coming Back Stronger is a special edition podcast series focusing on the way food and drinks businesses are surviving and thriving through the pandemic. We will especially be sharing great stories on how progressive leaders are utilizing the power of technology and delivery. By listening into these conversations, in the coming period, we'll be able to pick up great stories, insights, facts, and best practices from industry experts, independent operators, and national chains, who all are setting a new standard on how to operate in a new normal. VitaMojo and Hospitality Mavericks join forces on this project due to we have shared belief on how tech plays a massive role in building companies that's good for people, community, and the planet. In this episode, we have a very experienced operator as a guest. It's Chris Gumbrell, CEO for Brew House and Kitchen. Chris has decades of experience in the hospitality industry, especially scaling pop chains. Chris talked about how the pandemic had impacted them as a business, and he also talked about how a people-first approach have, have ensured they can go through this together as individual, but also so as joined-up successful business. We also talk about his view when it comes to the future of food and drinks and uh, how the outlook is for it, what technology's role is in the coming years and also he opens the lid for their plans in 2021. Chris gives a lot of great and practical advice which can be implemented to boost your business performance. Most important of all, he gives a sense of purpose and optimism which is really needed in these hard times. Grab your notebook and coffee. Some really great thinking in here. Enjoy. Today it's uh, it's the first uh, we call it. I wouldn't call it a working day in hospitality, but a normal working day for people after the uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that we have a second lockdown coming here on Thursday. And we have a special guest for this conversation because uh, he is in the, in the middle of closing down his pop group. And our special guest for this conversation is uh, Chris Wumble for the Brew House and Kitchen Pop Group. So welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Oh, good afternoon. Nice to speak to you, Michael.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you still are, you know, since we started this conversation about uh, 15 minutes ago, you you still sound optimistic, even though the world looks very dire. Can you tell people a bit about, I've already mentioned that you guys are a pop group, but can you tell a bit about who you are, whereabouts you are located and uh, what's going on in in your business uh, in the last, you know, seven, eight months as I said, I'm Chris Gumbrell. I'm the chief executive of Brewhouse and Kitchen. We formed the
1: business in 2012 uh, and uh, we've gradually grown and grown uh, to 22 operational businesses with a 23rd currently under development on the south coast. We're a national, so we go far nor- as far north as Chester uh, in Cheshire. We go as far west as Cardiff. Uh, we go as far as east as East London and all points in between. We have a very particularly strong presence across the South Coast. Uh, we are a brew pub and experience business. Uh, we are the largest brew pub chain in the UK. with uh, the second largest in Europe, as I understand it. And uh, we're also one of the biggest providers of food and drink experiences, particularly drink uh, experiences in the UK market. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have uh, we have about 500 team members who are amazing in our business. Uh, uh, about 20 people within our head office structure. And uh, yeah, we've we've had a um, I won't say an exciting year. We've had a fairly dynamic year uh, of dealing with um, this dreadful uh, this dreadful virus and uh, all its uh, all its effects. But uh, we are a positive bunch, and I uh, and I I've always been a, a pint half full kind of guy, anyway. And I think you you can only worry about the things you can change, and not the things that you can't. And to that end, that's the way we've operated for the last six months.
0: I don't know if this happened through the, the pandemic. When I looked into your website um, uh, over the last couple of days, I noticed that you like I don't know if you had that pre-pandemic. Uh, But it looks like you uh, have developed, you know, a number of uh, revenue streams um, already. And I can see you had like workspaces. I don't know if that's come after or prior to the pandemic. That's interesting (laughs) from a a pop chain because I I can see where the space fits in, you know, regional operator where, you know, there's going to be people that's probably not going to travel much into London not just uh, for a foreseeable future, but actually maybe they're going to go in once or twice a week to have that touch point with the team and then they're going to work remotely and maybe the the home is not always the most brilliant place to work, especially when you have kids and so on. Yeah, I think uh, if I t- take us
1: back to sort of things that we were doing at the end of March and April, uh, at the beginning of April, is one of the things that we needed to do pretty quickly was, was try and game the customer. We needed to think a lot about the guests as soon as we closed. We need to think about what 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 would the guests would do, how they would change, how they would, would evolve. And we asked ourselves lots of questions about what would stay the same, about the guest, the guest experience in our business, what would change, how would they change in themselves, uh, how they behave, who would come out, who would stay at home, and what would they expect? And one of the key changes very quickly was this piece around homeworking. Now, I've pretty much homeworked for the last 25 years uh, in various uh, companies that I've worked in and obviously working for myself. So you you get into your disciplines and habits around home working coupled with going out and about. But what was clear is that uh, we were all found it after a month and we were starting to go stir crazy. And I thought back to, uh, I had a pub group during the Olympics in London back in 2012. And one of the things that uh, uh, Boris uh, was pretty clear about in those days and was a direct outcome really the Olympics is that they made it very difficult, if not impossible, for people to go to work. In their offices in the city of London, so I had quite a few sort of community and semi uh, semi suburban sites in the outer edge of West London and North London. So what we did we create works we created workspaces and a drinks package uh, uh, for people who didn't want to work from home uh, didn't weren't and uh, didn't really feel compelled to go into the office and clog up the traffic uh, during the Olympics. So we created a package deal. Then we created a lot of the things that we've redeployed now, like uh, printing stations available stationery, drinks package so people aren't going to pay every time they want a Coke or a cup of tea or a glass of water um, and also creating quiet areas that are a little bit more screened off a bit more sectioned off and table service now that doesn't sound like rocket science but it was pretty successful for us back uh, eight years ago and, it was, uh, and it's been hugely successful for us now uh, emerging from the lockdown and we, we, we have a huge group of new regulars now coming to see us at lunchtime and yeah, I, I, it's it, it's happening across a number of pub groups now. I will claim it <laughs> because it's something we planned in April to do, based on the experiences that myself and our, my commercial director has been with me all through that period. Uh, we we put in place and we enacted uh, at that point, and uh, it just seemed to fit. But it's all part of this um, understanding that everybody needed to have back in April that things would change, and that the guests would change, and there would be new markets emerging. There would be new subsectors of our normal client base with different needs and different occasions uh, that would appear uh, as a result of all of this. Once again, if you go into this with the mindset of uh, you're going to be running some some kind of ship of doom and all you've got to do is survive, you're probably not going to do that well. Uh, But if you come out of it thinking, well, okay, what are the opportunities, what are going to be the new uh, parts of the market that we should go after, then you start making out those lists, and those lists get, get longer and longer and longer. So it's about mindset and it's important for uh, well it's certainly I consider it important for me as a leader in the business that that you,
0: you set that pace and you set that ambition for your people through the this pandemic or the last uh, 7 8 months uh, what what has been the biggest surprise you have uh, you know you have hit there's probably been a lot but what is the biggest one and why i think
1: if you frame what we've been through as a society really and i'm talking about a global society if you take the context, the fact that we're facing the most serious pandemic uh, in 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 a hundred and two years, um, we've got you know uh, a lot of you know a lot of people have very sadly passed away through uh, through and as a result of this pandemic, just in this country alone, you know people are concerned about their uh, their jobs, their economy, their families, their loved ones. But what's been the biggest surprise is this this real basic drive to get out and about. And to be with other people, this, the, 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 one of the most fundamental drives in human nature is to socialize. It's particular, very, very particular to us, I guess, as humans, but to be around other people. And I think what struck us all, I think, as soon as we threw the doors open is how, how keen people were, irrespective of all the risks and concerns and every, you know, the backdrop of everything that's happened, how people were so keen to get out and to actually socialize and be amongst other people. Now that you know, take some risk management and some controls, which we've all been working on very hard during lockdown to get right. We felt as if there, you know, were this, this, this. that people would be compelled to do it. We were gaming it with the bank and you're trying to reforecast where your sales are gonna go and how much of a decline you would see from absolutely from day one, uh, and not just because of Eat Out to Help Out, uh, but right up to Eat Out to Help Out, and after Eat Out to Help Out finished, we saw tremendous growth in our business. And uh, we put that down to the taking the right steps to make sure guests feel welcome and supported and safe. But this, this basic drive that people have over and above that, taking it down to a sort of tactical economic level within our business. um, The fact that the conditions were such that we knew people were going to book to come out. We knew people were not going to crawl, uh, do the pub crawl as it were from bar to bar that people would sit down. They would stabilize in one business. They would settle in for the night. We knew ahead of, uh, any government guidelines that we knew table service would be important. That people wanted to hunker down in one spot. Um, but the growth in food for us has been incredible. The growth in premiumization has been incredible. The the, the people trading up. And what was interesting is how much. Uh, we, well, we did a lot of training. We train. We trained our teams constantly through lockdown. We did a huge amount really to be ready. We wanted to maintain the muscle memory of h- how the business worked in its old format. We wanted to communicate very clearly how. How how it would operate in its new format, but also um, how much the guests had trained while they were off. They 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 they're, we're we're specialists in craft beer, and the knowledge uh, that that the gap that had been bridged by guests who were in lockdown, who started to come on things like online experiences that we're running, but also that we saw the growth in people joining beer clubs, having craft beer packages delivered to home, people being more selective when they were going to the supermarkets because the supermarket went from being a chore. Uh, and, a, and a kind of uh, an imposition on one's normal daily routine just to get the groceries in to be a real treat just to get out and go somewhere and uh, so of course people spending time and pouring over the craft uh, crop in uh, ranges that are there so the time we opened we thought wow you know people are a lot more uh, sophisticated they've got a deeper amount of knowledge uh, around the products and um, for us particularly the fact that we had which we know we're going to come on to a new order and pay at table platform how the Keen the cust the customers to experiment, to work through the range, and to premiumize and to really really enjoy the experience. So the big the big surprise was human nature. But then you know I always believe people rarely let you down. Some individuals will, but as a body, people normally rise up to the occasion, which they did. And and but the 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 the, the more tactical economic surprises was wow. I didn't think they were going to eat as much as they did. They really rejoiced. They really rejoiced in being back out again and 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 in the being in the social environment and really. Really wanted to enjoy, you know, the, the 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 range and the excitement and the premium beers, and it was great to see people working their way through the whole list uh, of of things that we do, which is great. So lots of lots of pleasant surprises, not many nasty surprises until the government get involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Which we'll talk about later, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> we'll probably talk about what this means for the future of the the, the yeah. industry. But I would like I would like to pick up on something, and then uh, you know, because this this way of you know getting ready to come back, because as you had to close in the, the end of March uh, and start the, the lockdown, hibernate the the, the business, are finding uh, a way back. At at that point, nobody knew it would be the fourth of July. Nobody knew when this would would happen. Um, and you talked about muscle memory, and we talked a bit about what I call is a similar kind of analogy I have. called call it the Stockdale Paradox from uh, Good to Great, where there's some uh, war prisoners in Vietnam. They're caught in this prison camp, and some of them say, we'll come out the next summer. And other them say, I don't know when I'm going to come out, but we will come out, and it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and the, the one that surely survived and got out was the one that had the more long-term focus and not bother about what happened tomorrow or i'm getting out tomorrow i just need to find out how how do i actually create a long-term muscle to survive mentally and you talked about you did muscle memory with your team so they didn't you know became you know fatigue or not ready as you you open again what what did you exactly do there when you talk about muscle memory
1: yeah i i think i think that the first thing we did was was we needed communication was going to really really important so we made a, a conscious effort to communicate a hell of a lot with our team. Uh, every team member needed to speak to somebody uh, from within the business at least twice a week, uh, if not more. And that was across the whole team, part-time, full-time, front of house, back of house. We knew the communication firstly and maintaining that affinity with your employer and that affinity with Brewhouse and Kitchen and what it stood for. So... We set out a communication strategy very quickly. That was for our people, for our shareholders. We we communicated with initially on a fortnightly basis so they knew what was going on, and that's really helped us in the long term. We then set out the objectives of the business, which was uh, primarily to protect and care for all of the people within the business, to make sure that people were safe, uh, that they they felt uh, cared for, that we were interested in them. A lot of our team are from Overseas countries, uh they're, they're, they're migrant workers here and they're not near families, so they were they got particular focus from us. Um we uh we were running weekly seminars on uh, physical well-being, mental health and well-being, uh, and financial well-being as well, because obviously um people were concerned about being able to pay their rent, uh making their money stretch, um, uh, all sorts of things like that. That so about getting the um You've got to maintain that relationship with your people first. That was the key thing. Um, and the second piece then was, uh, as I said, whilst we're maintaining a relationship, refreshing the knowledge around. We do uh, beer, beer specialist training. We used to do face-to-face. We, with, through gin, through we turned all of that to online seminars, which we now keep doing. We don't call people in for central training more. So gin masterclass training, beer masterclass training, uh, uh, product knowledge training, all of that is done online. And we kept that going through April. You think, well, why would they do that? uh when you don't know when you're going to reopen but that's that once again that's the vietnam that's the stockdale uh, uh situation again that you kind of be giving up or you keep going and it, we felt it was very important to keep going and you were we were able to train people on furlough so why wouldn't you make sure that you know at the end of the day it's the people who are going to dig you out of this mess when you reopen uh more than any other resource that you have and yeah we had other priorities like safeguarding and refreshing our brew pubs uh uh, maximize all the opportunity and resources that we have and, and we also said to ourselves that when we opened we wanted to be spectacular and we wanted to open brilliantly which is fairly bold statements but we wanted to be cheeky and bold and we want to be the opposite of the mood that was sort of floating around during that period um, and actually one of the things that really struck us we, we, we said to ourselves at the time what is our biggest resource right now and we we, I gave everybody just uh, after we cl- the, closed the business down, make sure everybody was okay. We all took a few days off. So let's just all talk in a couple of days, and, and we had then a, a, a beer online, uh, and um, we were all talking, and we, we we sort of said, "What's the big? What's the What's the one thing that we've got going for us now that we've never had before?" And we all decided it was time that we had time, which we never had before. You know, because we are we've been a fast growing business. We we got Sunday Times uh, Fast Track 100 a couple of years ago. Of the speed that we were running at. And it was time to think, time to plan, time to innovate, time to train, time to trial, time to improve, time to test. It was we had time. So you think, well, actually, when does this come along? Now, it's not, you know, I'm not punching the air, you know, saying, wow, this is great. We've got COVID and it's going to be a life changer. But you've got to take the positives from every negative situation. And we had this time. So we decided to root and branch and change absolutely everything. We defined our guest journey. We modelled and gained the guest behaviour very, very clearly to find out who, what, and where. And then we were able to build this picture that we could articulate to our team during lockdown. So uh, to say, okay, it's still brass and kitchen. You still need to have a high level of product awareness. You, we're still doing the same stuff. We're still brewing on site. Beer is everything. Food is important. We want to. Uh, we've always been focused on things like our reputation scores. And uh, but we want to improve. We want to get better, stronger, fitter, faster. What can we do? Uh, so we were able to articulate uh, all of those things really clearly to our uh, to our guests during the uh, to our our team members during lockdown, and that went really well. And we found that despite the fact that we'd launched um, a whole new way uh, guest journey in our business, you know, driven by government guidelines, uh, we finished that a lot. We put a huge amount of a resource into making sure we have the COVID safe environments, which is all the things that probably everybody else who's an operator is listening in on this has done but also we looked at things like uh, hands-free door opening facilities, um, we looked at um, video work uh, for communicating to guests, we made different films for training and uh, which I think have, have been excellent uh, for us. We just wanted to find new ways of communicating, uh, new ways of articulating the journey and, When the team landed, we opened on the sixth of July. We didn't want to put people through the pressure of the fourth of July, and I think Boris called it Super Saturday, which is probably not the best way of advertising what was going to happen. We we wanted we had a graduated process of learning, and of course the big thing for us was putting a an order and pay at table platform in place, which is where we worked with Mojo very very well. Now what was amazing within all of that is that we looked at. Uh, that particular platform when we decided very quickly we wanted to be the best example of any platform that it could be and and, and um and we wanted to train our teams uh ahead of them actually getting into that so they were complete authorities on it the day we opened those our doors so all those things were ready and as you say coming back to the question muscle memory it was there we hit the ground running we had growth in our first week and that did not stop all the way through and that's allowing for. Uh, Even having some sites in London, which really did battle and are still battling, uh, uh, sadly, at the moment, Uh, we still, including those numbers, still had an amazing growth story.
0: Yeah, uh, the interesting thing here is that uh, it's a bit like you invested in the the fundamentals in a way, and improved the fundamentals, which made you bounce back in a way. Uh, as you said, you were you were surprised about how hungry people were actually to go out. So you c- could you meet the the demand then? Because I guess when you are bringing back a team and an operation that has been out of business, that's what I heard from many others. That was the challenge too get them quickly up to speed again you know some some had massive challenges others because they put in the the investment in the fundamentals really ran through that period and was that what you felt as well was your your benefit of you know investing in that period of uh, hibernation absolutely absolutely
1: it was the number one best thing that we did throughout was to care for the people because ultimately you know you are reopening 22 businesses and opening one business from scratch after either a long period of closure or may you know the best example would be a major redevelopment uh, but they weren't major redevelopments we were able to protect our teams uh, through furlough which we' are very and still remain very grateful for but at the end of the day they're going to make the difference they are the moment of truth between you and your guests at the end of the day and if you don't protect them nothing else really matters so for us it was critical to build a plan and as I said there's the technical training that you have to do around maintaining job awareness, maintaining their skills. We knew things would change because so many more guests were going to be ordering uh, through the platform. So that was going to throw up challenges around things like generating tips, upselling, all those sorts of things that we needed to make sure we had a plan around. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, getting that mindset right, people were hungry to get back to work. They, um, we, we, we wanted to keep an eye on them. I mean, we had very few dramas, I have to say, thankfully, while people were off, we wanted to intervene. Uh, and make sure that they had a really good uh, support safety net, really. I mean, everything from uh, a really good rewards gateway package that we have where people can get discounts on their shopping, they get mobile phone insurance, they get all the sort of standard staff benefits that we could give people. But we also gave people, we were emailing things like um, links to fitness uh, online uh, videos and things that they could could enrol in and take part in um, what was on. We had a forums around what was great on Netflix and little sort of forums that people talk about <laughs> things that they they liked. But on a more serious side, we even uh, put links in place for a bereavement service as well. We wanted to make sure that, you know, we were fearful of what could and, and may have happened. And uh, thankfully, nobody had to draw on it. But uh, we wanted to make sure that if the very worst could happen for a team member or a member of their family that would be there to help support in whatever way an employer should be able to support, even though we are at a distance while they're off on furlough. So, and I hope, um, and we are told that people felt cared for; they felt that the company was interested in in them. And uh, I'm pretty proud of that, and I think proud of
0: the, what the, my my people team in particular did around that. Um, and it paid it paid off. Now we are hitting a second lockdown. You are you're closing down on Thursday or Wednesday evening. Um, are you going to approach it with the same strategy this time? Uh, I know we've been told this a month and maybe it's a bit longer. Nobody really knows what the, the plan is. But <laughs> h- how are you going to go into this with the, the the learnings you got from the first one? Well, it's a slightly different close down. If you already cast our minds back, uh,
1: the prime minister stood up on the 16th of March at uh, five o'clock and said, please don't go to the pub. Please don't go to the restaurants. He never told us to close. So we all saw this mass hysteria effectively break out as the great uh, British public. People didn't come to us. Uh, we all died uh, on our feet for that week, effectively trying to keep our businesses going. We, had, we really, had, there was a vacuum of leadership and guidance for our sector during those three days. We closed on the Thursday. We could see the direction of travel. So we actually didn't wait until we were told to close. We just shut down early because we were getting uh, feedback from guests that they weren't very happy. And they weren't very comfortable. We were getting feedback from the team about the same. So we've always tried to sort of preempt it. Now, this is very different. As at Saturday night, our bookings have exploded. So we are fully booked tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday night. So, you know, we've got a more sophisticated guest that we're dealing with now who's educated around the risks of COVID 19. They know how to behave. Uh, they know what we expect from them. They know what to expect from us. Um, they, you know, are, are enjoying the offer. They're enjoying the experience of being out in the pub, even though. Uh, the you know we keep getting compressed with either curfew or rule of six or no mixing of households if you are in tier two, the guests adapt and I've learned that as well. And once again, you know it's a pleasant surprise to see how adaptable our guests are. Uh, if your offer is strong and they 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 value uh, and they're loyal, they will work with us on that. And uh, so again, you know this is a different set of circumstances. We're going to be closing, as far as we're concerned, on a high. That people love what we do. We love having uh, our guests in our business. And we're, that is very much our mantra. Now, my concern this time is that the world is in a different place mentally, possibly around this lockdown. We are seeing, I think, nationally and outside, I think society is less compliant than it was in March. I think it understands and is, 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 is a bit more grown up around wanting to make their own judgment calls around trust and risk and, and the balance of judgment about how they want to behave. So, And also, I think there's some, a lot of confidence that's been lost uh, in, in the leadership. So I think uh, we're dealing with a slightly different consumer now than what we had back in March. Now, um, in saying all of that, the only thing that we, the big thing that we'll be pushing in the next four or five weeks would be the launch of delivery and takeaway. That got scuppered slightly on Saturday night when the Prime Minister announced, we well, didn't announce, it was hidden away in the guidelines that we can't do takeaway for alcohol. Uh, that kind of throws us out a little bit, but hopefully that will be resolved and settled in the next 24 hours. Uh, and we might get some good news on that, I hope. But we, we certainly, um, you know, that will be the only real major innovation that we'll be doing. We we feel more compelled and, 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 and welfare and support and mental health well, and well-being is going to be more important for us in the next four weeks than it probably was in the three months prior. Because I think people are nervous. They are tired. They're fed up. The weather is dreadful. Uh, people are a lot less um, optimistic, I think, now. Uh, than they possibly were earlier in the year, and I think we're going to have to pet a lot harder to support our people in the next four weeks, and we fully intended that, and we are ready to do it so I think those are going to be the big changes um, The mantra across the business, which I fully believe in and uh, uh, and and repeated all weekend to our team, is that you know we don 't lock down we just reset and we reset and we take stock uh we're giving this another opportunity and as I said earlier on. The one resource that we've been put back into our laps is that we get to protect our team through furlough, and now we have time again. We have time to rethink, to replan, uh, to reach out to our communities a bit more uh, again, um, and to get ready again for the next reset and the relaunch, and we'll come out again stronger, fitter, faster, leaner, uh, and do a better job than we did the last time. Uh, not that I'm not unhappy with the way we got to before. And we're constantly setting goals in our business. Uh, we've pushed very hard since reopening around reputation.com because we found it very good in the early days when we reopened. People love what we're doing. Then we found the consumer base changed slightly through to, to help out. Um, that you know, We saw a, a slight dip on reputation scores uh, because of the expectation with a new type of client coming in wanting a hell of a lot for not, without having to pay very much for it. Um, and um, But we've got to a, a, a point now where, as a group, we're at 4.4 as a lifetime score. Uh, across all the three major uh, reputation platforms, which I'm immensely proud of. It's, while I believe it's the highest score of any pub group in the UK uh, uh, across all three platforms. So I'm really proud of what the guys have done. We actually hit 4.7 two weeks ago, and that was on over 100 reviews across the group. So we're, you know, we're very focused on delivering a great job. Um, It's tougher. Um, Supporting people from a personal level will be more important than innovation in the next couple of weeks. But that won't stop. We've matured with our order and pay at table platform. Uh, we've got to the next stage around delivery and takeaway. That's due to launch next week, and uh, we'll also be um, reviewing, you know, the finessing of something like this. You know, it's a bit. We took over four hundred and fifty photographs to get that uh, to get that platform ready, and now we're finessing and changing and tweaking and evolving, uh, and uh, also sitting back and taking a fresh look at our business as well. I mean, if you're a pub operator, you know, or you've always believed that that you know your backfitting that people would say is your shop window, you know, when people get to the bar. Well it's not now. The shop window for our business is that screen on your phone. So that's going to be business critical for us. And our hotspots used to be that kind of top shelf of your fridge or that that area on the back shelf where the spirits were where you know you could really do your displays. Now your hotspots are your landing pages on your categories, uh somebody wants a gin, what's the page? They open up onto gyms. What's the lead products on that? And, we you know, we're talking a lot to our suppliers about the value of that space right now for us. So we'll continue that process during lockdown. We will finesse our order and pay at table platform. We will uh, finesse our delivery and takeaway model and we'll take care of our people. And when we get to reopen again, we will come out fighting,
0: not carrying in a corner. It's interesting what you're saying here because I can hear, say, that almost this uh, digital transformation right now has been really put in the front seat because you know the industry uh, notoriously has been in some 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 parts of what we do been very slow on adapting technology and getting done and you've seen a lot of operators over the uh the course of the first lockdown really taking these technology roadmaps and you know what you wanted to do in three years time you did in three months in principle um uh and i guess technology is is as as i hear from you is going to be a critical part of how you uh you create both performance but also make the jobs easier both for employees and customers uh as you go forward
1: yeah i mean it's it it's got you've got to look at it in the right way i mean people talk a lot about the savings for team well i mean you know you if you've got uh what do you want to do with that? Is it a saving? Have you eliminated part of the guest journey by getting the guest to do the transaction and process that transaction themselves? Well, yes, of course, that's the idea of the or part of the principle of it. But we're trying to think beyond, beyond that because we've seen this move towards premiumization uh, and also people sort of more... Uh, be more promiscuous to the range of, of, of products that you sell, so uh, one of the things that we always drove as a real k- KPI within our business was our own brewing beer sale our own brew beer sales. so it was a big part of our business to make sure that we always uh, drove our own portfolio uh, very aggressively. Now um, what uh, w- w- this has been sort of fairly um, uh, sort of democratic uh, process. When you've got your beer listed alongside everybody else's beers and then you find, hang on a minute, that guest who was a loyal drinker for our American Pale Ale, he's starting to shop around and drink other people's beer. Now, we have a pride ourselves on a, on having a, a large selection of beer, but we think, well, OK, what do we do now to gravitate them back to drinking our own beers, which are a higher margin, brewed on site and part of our story, but still want them to maybe experiment now and again. So um, so you kind of have to strategize around that. You have to go back into your platform. You have to represent your products in a different way. But then you suddenly realize the power of the positioning of the product on the visual part of that platform to make sure that, you know, you can really focus and steer people towards the higher margin uh, items or the items that were driving most cash margins. So we learn and learning, learning all the time. And as you say, this is a three-year journey that we've done in, well, we were, we were live in six weeks which is a massive amount of work by my marketing uh, uh, head of marketing and our commercial director. Amazing, absolutely amazing to deliver it. And uh, we were actually the third platform. Mojo was our third platform in 10 weeks that we play, played with and tried. But, but it has been brilliant, actually, for us. And, and it is opening up a whole new uh, world of possibility, really, and how the guest has adapted and changed and also making lots of really good recommendations back to us about how it can go further. So yeah, we we, we, you know we we, we've embraced it. Um, There are wrinkles that we need to iron out. We need to find a way of making sure that we maintain the focus on 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 the customer tipping this team when they've had a great experience. That's a little bit harder through an order and payment at table platform Um, promotions. uh, uh, Actually, administrating and running promotions. uh, uh, You know, we need to still probably get to grips with that. But again, it's early days, and we fully accept that that that's a challenge for our business. Loyalty, you know, we know that's the next phase for us now. Is actually having the royal loyalty scheme that works really well, uh, but also as well um, listing our um, our promotions and events and experiences via an order pay at table platform. Um, we ran our first promotion through uh, uh, um, through uh, 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 we call it B and K on tap on tap our, uh, our our Vita Mojo platform. We uh, we launched Oktoberfest through that, uh, which was a promotion with a Stein of uh, a German style Martin beer, uh, and we did that with uh, a large pretzel, beer cheese sauce, and we ran that as a promotion item. It was our best ever performing product promotion that we've ever had. So, and that's after seven years of doing these damn things. You've <laughs> so this this platform that's really powerful, and you're thinking, "Wow, you know, people are engaged with this," and and then you start slapping your forehead and saying, "Why didn't I do this about two years ago?" But then you realize, you know, some of the technology wasn't quite there yet. So hey, look, you take the positives out of everything that's happened in the last six months, that is one of them, and and it's here to stay, and it's going to evolve and change. And as I said, the role of the pub, even the shape of the pub may change in time. You know, the elimination of cash, the uh, diminished importance of the back bar fitting, um, the importance of ranging, the importance of good product information that people really will read because they've got the time and the focus to do that when they're sat down. So huge amounts coming down the road, and uh, as I said, we're very liquor focused, but food now is uh, nearly forty-five percent of our overall business. Uh, so for us, you know, food is now going to be equally important. We've just recruited a, an amazing new head of food, and um, we are a branded business. At the end of the day, we have a one offer, home, a one food offering, and uh, we think it's going to be um, going to be the next big exciting part of how we develop um, the technology
0: is around food. And that's super interesting. That leads me to you know, you know, we there has been you know a lot of talk about you know pubs and you know disappearing from the land, uh, uh, the land uh, map over across the UK. Every week, there's a number of pups closing down, and then the the pandemic has made it you know even worse. The numbers that comes out. But what what is pop's role now in society in the in you know we call the new now normal, the new paradigm, whatever we call it. What's going to be the role of the pop? Uh, in, in, I can see my local pubs that are really innovative. That definitely changes from what they were before. They're not just a place where you pick up a drink and maybe some, some grub. It becomes like maybe back to this, uh, you, know, uh, you know, almost, uh, you know, this community part again in the, in the local area. Hmm. Well, well pubs, pubs are not going to die. Some pubs will fall away, but new
1: pubs will emerge. We've talked for years around pubs closing, but there's also been a lot of pubs reopening Uh, Of the 22 businesses that we have, uh, about six of those pubs were derelict boarded-up pubs that we reopened after years of closure. Uh, About four of those businesses were not pubs previously. They were just concrete boxes or similar that we fitted out as pubs. So we know about reopening new pubs. Very few of our estates were actually existing pubs prior. And our best results have been through picking up the derelict pubs. But, I mean, certainly the the, the big, I suppose, caveat right now around the role of the pub will be, it'll be very much dependent on what role government allow us to take in the short term uh, by compressing our capacity to trade by dreaming up rather bizarre and odd and unscientifically based (laughs) rules and things and hoops we have to jump through like the curfew which for my mind I just cannot uh, figure out why that was put in place but I mean I don't want to be said to be too political about it but look let's look at the track record of pubs this is my third major recession I've been in the business since 1988 so I am an old geezer as far as pubs can this is the third major recession I've been through, and every single time, uh hospitality and the service sector has led the UK out of recession. Uh, and within that, pubs have always been the strongest part of the, of that march and that lead. You um, know, if you take any economic downturn, and you could take any uh, group of people there may maybe a couple sat at home thinking, well, you know, this 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 need for human contact, this need to get out and about. Now, maybe they can't afford to go out for eat, but they might say, Do you know what, we'll eat in, but we'll just go out and have a drink. And they'll go to the pub. And that's what makes pubs very special and unique within the hospitality sector because they are so adaptable and flexible. Now, they will lead the re- I am absolutely convinced that hospitality will lead the UK out of recovery. Uh, because we are a massive generator of growth, so we're a massive generator of, of, of GDP, we're a massive generator of tax revenue, 38 billion quid. It's the Treasury. Three point two million jobs across hospitality, which pubs are about a million of those jobs. So you know, we we are a, a dynamo uh, that should not be overlooked. My fear right now is that public health, uh, England seems to have grabbed the steering wheel away from the Treasury at the moment, and uh, and I get all the reasons why. And we're not a sort of we're not COVID deniers in my business. I'm certainly not, but. You know, we need to be pragmatic about this and we need to care for something that could probably drag the economy back into a reasonable state very quickly next year. Um, We create jobs, as I said, we regenerate areas. You've only got to travel any part of the UK, go to a dockside or a waterside or an old warehouse development in a city centre and look at what it's become. That is on the back of hospitality. So pubs, bars, restaurants, we're all the centre of this regeneration. That can happen again and will continue to happen. Um, you're also going to have a huge amount of empty office space, soon, you know, and people working from their communities. And we're seeing that as a, a huge amount of growth in that area. Again, people can only spend so long in their third bedroom or their garden shed. And now they're working in the pubs and that's great news. Uh, and they're networking and they're having meetings and they are back in, in, in our business, which is wonderful news. But, you know, you said it yourself, Michael, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about community and, uh, our the best and most successful sites. And we, we range from being very high street driven to being in communities. Our community sites uh, through the pandemic have outperformed all other parts of our business. Um, and 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 they are just so important for people. And that's why we feel particularly strongly at the moment that take away beer, we do mini kegs and we do cask beer packages and uh, and craft beer packages for people to take away. Uh, but during the lockdown, we did that. And it was very successful. But what was important, it wasn't about... The value or the price or the the quality, although you have to get those things right, it was about the, our local customer coming in just to see the manager, even if they're two meters apart. And manager puts the mini keg on the table, and the customer there, he steps back, the customer picks it up, and the transactions be neither done online or by touch payment. Um, that that contact through lockdown for that guest was really important uh, that, 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 uh, from a mental well-being point of view, and I think. Uh, this is where the pub could also play a massive role in improving the, na- the psyche of the nation uh, to improve the positivity that everybody's going to be looking for and searching for. So uh, friends of mine, uh, from abroad, laugh at us how, how much we value our pubs, but uh, you know it is a unique thing. It's unique to us as Brits, and, and, and it's going to be critical going forward. And I'm not saying that because I work in a sector I'm trying to defend it, although I would do so with my life. Uh, I, I I honestly think it's one of the most important things that's going to get people through all of this, and, and it must not be overlooked.
0: That leads very good to the next question because you know now we're in a second lockdown. How do you, you know, if you had a crystal ball and it's going to be your best educated, how, where where are we as an industry in, in twelve to, to to eighteen months? It, it uh, you know. There's already so much happening. It's, it's, at some point, you cannot even follow what's going on because everything is moving so fast, or, you know, CVAs, closure. Uh, and, and then everybody fears the start of the new year where where a lot of things kick back in uh, from a cost point of view. Where, where do you think the industry is in
1: 12 to 18 months? Um, I suppose again, that's going to be very much in the hands of uh, how much support we get. But uh, as I said, I don't want to get too political about it. Now we're going to need support for us to still be around as an, as a viable industry. Um, but I think uh, I think we will survive it. Uh, particularly the pub sector, but the hospitality will survive. It is a resilient industry. We're seeing obviously uh, there's a lot of CVAs. We're seeing the normal recessionary shuffling of the deck of restaurants. <laughs> and their owners, uh, which is not unusual, actually. It's obviously been compounded and accelerated by what we're seeing right now uh, through COVID. But it's not unusual for you know restaurant groups to change their owners, to get into trouble, to reshape, refinance and get going again. So I don't think, uh, you know, it's not it's not doomsday. Uh, it's not great. And as if we're going to need a hell of a lot of support. But we are a resilient sector. Uh, and I think we should also reflect as well that as, a, as an industry, uh, as a big, big, big employer and, and net contributor to GDP and tax revenue, um, we ask for nothing and we get—we rarely get anything in terms of support. Uh, we get beaten up and whipped quite a bit, uh, quite often by successive governments, uh, whichever sort of color they are. Uh, uh, so, I think you know we are resilient. Uh, I remember years and years ago, we, I was on a working group, and it was. Uh, um, it was all the working group was being run by the home office and it was all about um, changes to licensing policy. And it was about putting in the licensing objectives. And I was just at a coffee station at one of these workers groups where they kind of go out and talk to you so they can say they've consulted industry. They pretty much know they've made their minds up. And I probably sound a bit cynical then, but that's kind of what it was. And uh, I just heard this comment is that this lot, they're just self-healing. And that's kind of how we, I think we've been seen is that we do sort of just get on with it. We dust ourselves down. We have a pile of regulation, legislation. Uh, we have wage increases forced on us. Uh, we are regulated. We, are, you know, it's stop smoking. It's label your food. Put this in Put that. We just roll with the blows. We get on with it. We go forward. We go forward and we, we innovate. And we are, it is actually, uh, um, I think it's one of the, the, the best sectors and the best industries in this country for dealing with things like that. But this is different now. This is really out of our control. And we, as I said, we rarely get any help, but we need the help now. And, and I think uh, uh, the government would, would rue the day that they don't get behind us and support us now, because if we are so seriously depleted, and we will be gone entirely, uh, uh, we have a strong balance sheet, we will weather this as a company, um, but the government needs to be very careful not to uh, tolerate, because they will need us, Like and, and there is no other sector like it for, for generating uh, a, a strong recovery. We will. We will deliver.
0: And uh, to be able to set your business up for that, uh, be able to be part of that, you know, regrowth, reset of the the industry. What what would be uh, your top advice for for leaders out there? That's also looking for ways to, to bounce back and in inspiration. <laughs> um, well,
1: just think about. I suppose what we did was a you know make tough tough calls early, conserve your cash, make the tough calls early. I suppose look at everything that's happening right now from a government perspective and do the opposite. Don't dither. Do not delay. Uh, Make tough decisions early. Conserve your cash. um, Be bold. Game the customer. Look at what the guest is doing. Don't just hang your hat purely on what you believe is going to happen. Although if you're experienced in this sector, your gut gut feelings are generally pretty spot on. But take time out to look at the guest. Read as much data as you possibly can. And really, really try and game it forward and look at where the guest is going to land and, and work towards that point, not where you were six or 12 months ago. And try and get back to that is just a pointless waste of time. So conserve your cash, um, get the right technology, get close to it, make sure everybody in the business understands it um, and take care of your people because it's the people that are carrying you through
0: this that's super chris uh i know that you know the 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 next week or two is probably going to be a a challenging one for you and your team and uh, no matter uh, what's going to happen i'll send you all the energy and and power you need to 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 get through (laughs) those because uh, it's gonna demand a lot of uh uh a muscle power you know both physically and mentally yeah
1: well thank you very much for that i've got uh you know at the end of the day got a good team uh We've already organized our, our online drink on Friday tea time. All the managers, they're all going to have grab some beers and we're having our Zoom chat uh, and a mini quiz and a bit of a laugh and and, and 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 that will take the edge off it. And then we look forward. And that's all you can keep doing. Don't look at the now. Look look where you're going and look where you want to be.
0: Great, Chris. Thank you so much for taking your time out uh, this afternoon in the, in the run-up to the, the the second lockdown. Take care. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your great insights about the power of putting people first and how that can boost business performance now and beyond the pandemic. And also, thank you for sharing your great insights about what you're doing inside your businesses to innovate beyond the pandemic. If you enjoyed today's podcast, give us a like, share it with people you think would benefit from it and rate it and let us know what you think. Come Back Stronger series is brought to you by the wonderful people at Vitamoto the digital partners for ambitious operators. We're helping Leon, Yosushi, PharmaJ, and other leading brands transforming their businesses with technology. Check them out at software.vitamojo.com or contact them directly at nick.lidl.vitamojo.com. If you didn't get that, it will be in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening and keep innovating.